Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the process of the LSU jersey coming in? Uh, but the, I, I wanted to just kind of pay tribute to the people of Louisiana and what better way to do it than with the jersey that Jamal wore in the national title game. But, you know, when I seen him with it on, you know, it was kind of cool seeing that, um, showing him repping me while I was in my hometown. So, you know, shout out Joe for, you know, doing that. You good? Go ahead. Where did you have it stored? On the wall, yeah. I had to take it down just to give it to him. <laughs> Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I am Connor Rogers, joined by Matthew Berry. His name is on the show. Jay Croucher. Boys, welcome back from Philly. His name is not on the show. <laughs> no. Yours yeah. is. I know. Yeah. No, thank you for pointing that yeah. out, but I just thought it was important to also point out that his name isn't. Either is mine. Connor. No, it Coming isn't either. But I, soon. We're getting there. Soon. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We'll see how the Big show surprise. goes. Big surprise. Yeah. Big That's surprise. All right. We, uh, we heard from Joe Burrow there and Jamar Chase, who had a monster, monster return game. to Louisiana I mean, this is what you draft Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow to do. We thought this would happen. First off, like if you watch fantasy football pregame with me and Jay on Sunday morning, we, we showed the video of when your quarterback walks in wearing your jersey, chances are the ball's coming your way. It's <laughs> a good hint. Certainly, certainly it was helped by the fact that the Saints defense gives up a ton of big plays. They didn't have Marshawn Lattimore. It was a bad defense that was hurt by, you know, uh, an injury to their star player. But having said that, yeah, this is good. I don't know that there's much more to say other than the fact that you're like you're always going to continue to start Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. To me, the encouraging thing here, Jay, wasn't that those two guys had monster games because we knew that was in them, and you know it was expected, it was happy, good that they got that done. But that T. Higgins got double-digit targets in this one. I know it doesn't show up in the box score, but after last week, the fact that he was able to play the full game, that he got ten targets, to me, to me, that's like okay, good. T. Higgins will get his eventually. Yep, I agree with that. And I also think that another big takeaway is that this Saints defense is not to be feared at the moment. Last year when you saw that defense on the schedule, you were nervous. Right now you're not. Without Marcus Williams, Lattimore, who's been banged up, not ineffective, but not to his same standard, not playing yesterday. I mean, this defense still has Demario Davis, Marcus Davenport, Cameron Jordan, a guy who goes back and forth with Chris Jones on being the most underrated defensive player in the league. But they just haven't put it together so far this year. I think they will at some point. But for the time being, you can start you guys against the Saints. Yeah, a tough one for the Saints. Carries down for Joe Mixon, averaging over 19 carries going into this game, only eight. But actually gets in the end zone and and using the passing game a little bit. They didn't need to, right? Um, But the upcoming schedule for this Bengals team, uh, Falcons, Browns, Panthers, and then a bye – 
next three games set up beautifully for the Bengals. None of those defenses scare you weirdly. I would think – I actually think the Falcons the might Falcons, be the – The Falcons, they're the Spicy Falcons. Jay, Spicy Falcons. Falcons. Right, yeah, your beloved Falcons. But, like, weirdly, they're playing decent defense here. I mean, Cleveland just got shredded by Bailey Zappi, right? I mean, Carolina's a disaster. And, and so, you know, the Falcon, the Falcons have played above expectations, but I don't think you're – the. Only team in the NFL that's 6-0 and against the spread. Do you remember when you laughed at me and walked off the set when I yes. gave out Falcons plus 1,200 to make yes. the playoffs? Plus 300 now, and they're second favorites in the NFC South. I still was right to wrong. <laughs> yeah. I still was right. I've walked off the set many times with Jake's <laughs> yeah. comments, and that one I, I might have been wrong. He but stored well them done. all in his brain. Yeah. Obviously, confidence at an all-time high for Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Let's hear from them on that return to New Orleans. A lot of great memories. It was from one game, but... A lot of great memories of this stadium and a lot of great memories of this culture and, and these fans. And so it was great to come back and, and feel that energy again. It means a lot, actually. Uh, just knowing that, you know, I got the advantage on beating New Orleans. I come back home after the season, talk a little trash. So that's good. Um, that's one of my family members. I know they all love the sink. So it's just, it's just good for me to come back home and rub it in their face a little bit. I like Jamar Chase's answer better yes. right there. That he was the second person <laughs> speaking. Joe, Joe Burrow was the first one. Joe Burrow, very classy, very oh, it's a special memory. Jamar Chase is like, I'm, all my friends are Saints fans, and I get to talk trash. <laughs> yes, you do. When you walk the walk, you get to talk the talk. Jamar Chase back in as a locked-in number one wide receiver. He's had nine or more targets in five or six games so far this year. You're not worried about it. Your opportunity to buy low on Jamar Chase gone. has now passed. Yeah, long gone. So while everything was all good for the Bengals and that yeah. quarterback-wide receiver connection, it has not been the same in Green Bay. And it did not look any better this week when they were home at Lambeau against the New York Jets. I, sorry, I you didn't, sorry you going, didn't get the memo. i got to be honest with you. Feel I didn't bad. think we were going double wide on the Jets jerseys. For oh, those yeah. of you listening at home, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Jay is wearing Sauce Gardner, um, his, uh, his, you know, his pick for rookie and defensive rookie of the year. And you want Keyshawn. Throw Keyshawn. you the damn ball. That's Absolutely. right. That's how Elijah Moore is feeling right now. I was just about to say, you should have worn an Elijah Moore yeah. jersey. Throw me the damn ball. Uh, they don't need to because Brees Hall is running everywhere. Guys, your Jets, especially Connor, you come by it honestly. You're just a bandwagon. <laughs> Connor comes by it honestly. Um, although I will say, Jay, you have always been on Sauce Gardner. Yeah, Sauce is my guy, and now he's the favorite for Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's into plus 300. We talked about him at plus 1400 a couple of weeks ago. And uh, look, he's the favorite for a reason. He was incredible yesterday. He got targeted six times, gave up one completion for right. eight yards, and then also had... Uh, his little moment. I didn't appreciate right. Alan Lazard coming at my boy. I don't like well, that. 100%. Sauce Gardner, like, talk, again, you walk the walk, you get to talk the talk. He puts on a cheese head. He's walking through Lambeau, as you see on the video right there, until Alan Lazard oh. comes up and knocks it off Keep his moving. head. Why don't, you just Pretty catch much, some, why don't you catch some passes, Alan, in the game instead? I was just going to say, <laughs> I think that's the only defensive stop the Packers made all game. Let's hear from Sauce on this act, this villain act of wearing the cheese head at Lambeau. You can see why Jay likes him. Villains like villains. Yeah. That's true. Uh, just being able to play against somebody like Aaron Rodgers, you know, that was a true blessing. Like I said, I grew up playing Madden, and he always been on Madden since I can remember. You know, man. Running off the field with that cheese head thing, cheese on my head. You know, uh, that was a crazy feeling right there. But I'm never going to forget that. Sauce Gardner feeling real good feeling after really yet another good. game. Shooting up 
the defensive rookie of the year yep, board right now. Now the clear favorite by himself. And let's just take a minute. Like, we get caught up in everything that happened yesterday. The Jets beat the Packers by three scores in Lambeau. Like, coming At into Lambeau. The, yeah, in Lam- they would have been, coming into the season, they would have been 13-point dogs in that game. I mean, just think about this statement at the beginning of the year. Green Bay will lose to both New York teams. <laughs> back to back. Back, back to back. Oh. Like, you'd have been like, no way. What, what's the odds? I'll take whatever what happened odds to Aaron you Rogers? give me. I, that's what you would say. It's super weird. Like, you would think taking Devontae Adams away from this offense wouldn't affect it at all. And yet, here, it seems, <laughs> yeah, like, here it, it seems like it has I, on some <laughs> small level. It's kind of a weird one. I, th- um, I think with the Jets, here's the thing. Like, their past defense at the start of the year it wasn't great. It wasn't because the source or DJ Reed have been great all along. It's because of the safety. Yes. So, I'm still not super confident in it. Yes. But now... With the way that Sauce and DJ are playing, with Quinn and Williams is playing like the guy who was drafted third overall, they have a lot of talent on that defense. And then offensively, Brees Hall is out there looking like Jonathan Taylor did last year. Uh, and look, I think fantasy-wise, it's, it's kind of bad news for Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, the fact that the Jets have been a lot better than expected because Robert Saller is showing that when they have a lead... And they're going to have more leads than we thought. They're just going to run Brees Hall, and he is the guy on that team now. 18 pass attempts for Zach Wilson, no touchdowns at all. I mean, and by the way, didn't need to. Again, like yeah. they, they played very well. They ran the ball. They controlled the clock here, Connor. Um, there's two sides to the story, right? There's number one is like, how serious can we take the Jets? You know, like it's a great story. Like yeah, it's for unbelievable. Sure. Like if you're a Jets fan like you are, you have to feel very like optimistic about the <laughs> this week. Um, <laughs> Jags uh, out, Jets uh, in. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm old enough to remember when you were a lifetime Jags fan <laughs> two weeks ago. Oh, they have my feelings. But you're certainly optimistic about the, the direction the Jets are, are heading. But, you know, let's talk about like it from a fantasy perspective. And then you also think about, hey, the Packers, what's going on? with Green Bay, and can you, can you trust them? Um, uh, let's start with Green Bay for a second, then we'll get into the, into the Jets, because I think Green Bay is maybe the more interesting story. Part of me wants to write this off a little bit, because they're coming off the game from London. Like, usually teams coming out of that London game get a bye, and they didn't get a bye. Yep. Right? They're right back at it, having to play a red-hot Jets team. The other thing, though, but, guys, they just, it just doesn't feel like in sync when you're – when the leading target getter on your offense is Robert Tunyon, like yeah. something's wrong there for an offense. Like it just, I don't want to say broken, but it just, it doesn't feel efficient. doesn't feel like it's moving, you know, in synchronicity. Here's all the problems I saw yesterday. They have a revolving door at right guard that's killing yeah. Aaron Rodgers. He, there's, a, there's pressure from a D tackle on his face every other play because they have a revolving door at right guard. They took out the starter and, and Royce Newman, brought in a backup, and he was just as bad. Aaron Jones went to the sideline multiple times looking at his ankle or knee. I think he got something taped up. So there's obviously limitations there. And there is no – nothing is in sync with these wide receivers at all. Nothing is in sync against a good corner duo, no doubt about that. But they couldn't get anything going, like you said. So the Packers offense, there's layered problems across the board. Yep, there is. And I just think that – I think it will get better. At the same time, Romeo Dobbs was targeted nine times yesterday and had 21 yards off of nine targets. That's just not good enough. I would be buying low on the Packers in a way just because I think that Aaron Rodgers and that team, there's too much talent there for them to be this bad. But if you're looking at like futures markets for the Packers, like they're not going to win the division now because they're two back of Minnesota. They're down the tiebreak against the Vikings too. So they have a very tough path back. And just last thing on the Jets, talked about Robert Saller, 50-1, to 1, coach of the year last week. He's only 25-1 to 1 now. He's 25-1 to 1 is still a bet. That is still way too big. I would have him third favorite behind Nick Sirianni and Brian Davis. <coughs> yeah, I mean... I'm still believing in the running backs here. I mean, look, it was nice to see 
uh, A.J. Dillon get back here, you know, 14 touches in this game. Still didn't get into the end zone, hasn't scored since week one, but that's coming. I feel like that's a little bit fluky, but it was nice to see the usage there. Basically an even split with Aaron Jones in terms of the snaps, in terms of the touches as well. Aaron Jones, you know, on the season is still a top 20 fantasy running back. You know, finish it, as we ended the Monday night, he's running back 26 in this game. As you said, depressed game. He, he spent some time on the sideline here. Uh, I do think there is one guy in the passing attack. I'm, I'm, the Tunyon game is like, I need to see double-digit targets again before I'm willing to buy into Big Bob Tunyon. But I will say that Alan Lazard has now scored in four to five games this year. He's had four straight games with at least 13.5 fantasy points. He's wide receiver 16 over that stretch in these last four games. Nine targets in this one. He's wide receiver 12 on the week as we head into Monday Night Football. And next up on the schedule, my Washington Commanders. Like, if ever there was a team to help you get right, it would be the Washington Commanders defense. Here's the next four for the Packers, though. So, just to your point about optimism. So, they play the Commanders, then they play the Bills, then they play the Lions, then they play the Cowboys. So, two great matchups, two bad matchups, right? And again, we would have thought the Jets was a good matchup, at least a neutral one, and it turned out to be a bad one. So, I'm not as optimistic as you are that they turn, the, turn it around. I, I don't think you can – I mean, think about Rodgers, right? On a points-per-game basis – Aaron Rodgers is quarterback 24 this season, guys. He's had under 17 fantasy points in every single game this year. If Aaron Rodgers is your only quarterback, hopefully you've already made a switch, but you can't keep rolling him out there. He's a viable streamer against the commanders. But, like, that's a far cry from this is the reigning MVP. Yeah, where you drafted him. What? Yeah. I mean, yeah. dudes. Yep. I think that the offense, it will get better. I don't think it's going to be a late because of just the lack of talent at receiver. But I do think the thing to worry about with the Packers broadly is that they just can't stop the run. Like, this is six weeks of this now. Every week, someone just destroys them. You're just starting your running back against the Packers every single week because even if they know you're running it every single time, like the Jets were in the second half, like David Montgomery did on Sunday Night Football, they just run it and run it effectively. They're not built. The Packers aren't offensive. They're not built to be quick. And, no. you know, they need to grind out wins. You know what I mean? Because they just, to your point, they don't have the passing game. You've got 12 back there, but they don't have the, it's not Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes and that kind of offense where you can, it doesn't matter. So as teams are controlling the clock and, and controlling ball uh, time of possession by being able to run so effectively against them, it's just putting them in these, these tough situations. And every single team they play in the next four, you know, my commanders with should-be comeback player of the year, Brian Robinson, right? The Bills and Devin Singletary. You got DeAndre Swift. And then you've got a rejuvenated Ezekiel Elliott, apparently. Last night he looked great. I mean, I don't know. It's, um, uh, you know what I mean? I just... The only person I'm starting next week with no doubt is Aaron Jones. And I do think Lazard is a viable starter now as well. I think Devontae Adams must be the greatest player in the history of the NFL, honestly. This team was a one seed last year. Aaron Rodgers MVP. Undefeated at home. Undefeated at home. And now like Devontae Adams... Like the way that we priced lines previously, he would have been worth two points to the line. I have to reassess that because apparently without him, the offense just completely breaks. Elsewhere in the NFC, Geno Smith finally comes back down to earth for a week. But on the flip side, as we hoped, Kenneth Walker with his big-time performance in his first NFL start. Yeah, you know, just a massive game. He played 71% of the offensive snaps, 10% target share. He saw 91% of the Seahawks running back touches. In, as we head into Monday Night Football, he leads all running backs in rush share uh, this week. Just a massive workload for a talented running back. He got an opportunity. He produced. Nothing more to say about Kenneth Walker here. I'm willing to write this one off for Geno Smith. You know, um, he had 31 pass attempts in this game, which was the second most 
that he's had so far this year. He's been highly efficient right so far this year, as you see it there on your screen, right? 325, 322, 68, and now just 197 and zero passing touchdowns against the Arizona Cardinals. What we thought was a pretty good matchup here. Felt like they just, they they played back a lot, and they were like, we're not going to give up the deep ball here. And so it was a lot of underneath stuff here. His 6.3 yards per attempt in this game was a season low for Geno Smith. He did have 48 rushing yards in this one, though. And, you know, like felt like like they weren't giving him anything deep. There wasn't anything, so he took off and run, ran. Not I have to go back and watch this game play-by-play. Play. I haven't had a chance to do that yet. But feel felt like from watching it while I was watching the other games as well that some of it was scrambles. You know, there were a couple of design runs, but for the most part it was like coverage breaking down and, okay, i got to take off. Yep. I think that with, with Kenneth Walker, too, He was better than his stat line, and his stat line was great. He was 21 for 97 on the touchdown. He was better than that. He made 12 guys miss tackles. Just watching him, he looked like an absolute machine. And look, wearing the cheese head and the jet ski, I think Brees Hall is the best offensive rookie. But I think going forward, Kenneth Walker is going to rival Brees Hall. I think that's very close. And if you could trade Brees Hall for Kenneth Walker, get someone to throw in Deontay Johnson or a someone like that on top of that, I'd probably make that trade just because I think the Seattle offense, with the tempo that they play at, with their commitment to the run, the Jets are committed to the run as well. I think that Kenneth Walker is just going to be an absolute monster the rest of the way. We talked about him last week when the Rashad Penny injury happened, that this guy could be a league winner, and nothing we've seen so far changes my opinion on that. I'm still sticking by Geno Smith as a viable low-end QB1. Bad game, bad day at the office. It is what it is. But Chargers, Giants, Cardinals again are the next three for Geno Smith. I'm still sticking with him, and I'm still sticking with – like, you'd still rather have him than Aaron Rodgers. You'd still rather have him than, you know – Stafford. He, Stafford. Like, yep. I mean, there's like there's a lot of guys out there uh, as well. Um, other side of the ball here, real quickly, I just want to talk about Arizona. This was a very disappointing game. It was one of the high. It was the second highest over under in the slate. Obviously, it finishes way under as well. We expect a lot more fireworks. We're here. We didn't get it. Um, I was shocked by the fact that Eno Benjamin got 18 touches in this game. Yep. Just massive usage in a great matchup, and just could only muster like six and a half fantasy points, something like that. Just a, you know, just a bad game uh, for Eno Benjamin. He had 86% of the team's running back touches, 18 for 65, and, you know, he caught, he caught three balls. So whatever, that was, you know, 9.5 fantasy points. That team just seems like it's trending towards disaster. With Marquise Brown as well, we'll see what the, the uh, prognosis is with the injury, but yeah. it's gonna, he's going to be out. DeAndre Hopkins comes back. That helps a little bit. But the fact that they're only able to score nine points against the Seahawks' defense, which, I mean, apparently Tariq Woolen is great and they have some talent there. But at the same time, like, everyone was gashing the Seahawks and Arizona couldn't do anything. No, and now they've got the short week. They play the Saints on Thursday night. DeAndre Hopkins back at practice today for the Cardinals, just in time, especially if Marquise Brown can't turn it around to be there on Thursday night. We'll see if James Conner can play Thursday night. One last thing I want to mention here before we move off this, though. We've been talking about him for a while. Ten targets for Rondell Moore, and especially even, like, he plays a very different role in the, the offense than Hopkins will or Marquise Brown, and so I do think when we, when we do the waiver wire show tomorrow, guys, Rondell Moore will once again be on it because he's not rostered in enough leagues. We heard after Tua's injury, Tyree Kill say, I can produce with anybody at quarterback as he said that to a literally reporter who asked the question and listen they're living up to that Miami's wide receivers are proving their quarterback proof Waddle uh, six catches 129 yards Tyree killed 12 catches 177 yards 
Skylar Thompson gets hurt in this game. Teddy comes in and, and plays at a very, very competent level for the Dolphins. Yeah, he did. I don't know that there's much more to say about this Miami game. You know, Mostert didn't have a great game, but he, he maintained to control the backfield. He got the majority of the snaps there. I don't think anything's changed about uh, Mostert or Chase Edmonds. Just, you know, like when, they're, when you're throwing as well as you can – there's going to be days like this. I also think uh, Gasecki, huge game here, 6 for 69 in the two touchdowns, a 16% seven target share, which was a season high for him, but still not massive. Like, I guess you have to note it because tight end is such a wasteland, but I think it's worth noting that Durham Smythe was out in this game. This is a guy who has played over 60% of the snaps in three of the last five games here. I'm not in on Gasecki just yet, like noted, but... Um, you know, not necessarily for me. I still think Hill, Waddle, and Mostert are the three guys you want to start from the Dolphins going forward. Definitely. Now, there are people in this building who work here who won't be named who bench Tyreek Hill this week. And it's just a reminder that if Tyreek Hill is on your team, you start him every single week. It doesn't matter, to his point, who is playing quarterback. Uh, he's the favorite to lead the league in receiving yards. What do you mean? Who? who it was who? Danielle Cronin. She okay. benched him. Yeah. Danielle? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, like, how are you the meanest guy in the show not mentioning? It's Danielle. Okay, right. Danielle Cranon. It's right. a tough one. Yeah. Uh, sorry, well, Danielle. Yeah, it I is know. what it is. I don't know why you would bench Tyreek Hill. <laughs> and you know what? The other thing is I don't know, because you didn't ask me that question, Danielle. You asked Jay. Maybe you asked Jay. Oh, no, I don't know. No, I didn't get the call. You were responsible no, for no, this. No, I didn't get the call. Danielle, has, I mean, we were talking yesterday. Danielle told me she's got five teams. Like, what are we doing, Danielle? Come yeah. on. Now? No, it's a tough Danielle. one. And. Jalen Waddle as well. He's in that. He's in that class as well. Not to the same extent as Tyreek, but you just start out Jalen Waddle every single week. Every single week. I mean, yeah. I mean, it should be asked and answered. I mean, it was an interesting game, right? I mean, so Skylar Thompson gets the start, but then Teddy Bridgewater he gets banged up. Teddy Brid- like, and and we expect Tua back next week for the Sunday night game. By the way, Dolphins play Steelers Sunday night right here on NBC and Peacock. I'm a company man. Uh, should be really interesting. We think it will be Tua under center uh, going forward, but whatever. It doesn't matter. They're all. Uh, quarterback proof all right we're going to take a break when we are back we are talking weekend warriors from week six in the nfl never take off the cheese head want to make mom's day get to your nordstrom rack now and score amazing deals for mother's day which is sunday may 12th find tons of gifts from only 30 dollars at nordstrom rack fragrance jewelry luxury bags activewear beauty and more Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. From left to right, Mariota looks, now going to loop, 
And Kyle Pitts caught it. Touchdown. On U.S. soil, number eight has a touchdown. Give Pitts a chance. America's nightmare is over. Yes. All we are asking is give Pitts a chance. I said this on the show. It makes it to the Westwood One radio call, which is what you just heard right there. And, guys, we have some champagne. We're in a bar. We have some champagne. As you can see, we have, uh, we have marked out the actual brand because we're still looking for an alcohol sponsor. This could have been you, your logo here. But two bottles of champagne, me and you, we're going to open this up. You know why? Because Kyle Pitts has scored his first touchdown in American history. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, in American you, history? Yeah. Yes. I mean, well, yeah, because he yeah, has Only the uh, London one. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. Jay, you first. Cheers. Yeah, there, you go. there you go. Oh, oh that's, that's my water. That's the water. Here Hang on. Nope, I lied. There we go. There we go. Did you think initially, my initial thought was when I saw it, is there another Pitts? Is there another Pitts on Atlanta? It just seems so Fourth surreal. string tight end or yeah. a fullback. Crew, you guys want any? Fourth string wide receiver, new pits. I'm pouring one out for my homies, and my homies are those people that have been stuck by Kyle Pitts through six weeks. It's unbelievable. Couldn't be me. Pop the corks, (laughs) pop the champagnes. It's unbelievable. Kyle Pitts, his first touchdown since week five of the 2021 season, his only touchdown as a pro in America, because the one from last year, of course, was London. Still played a season low in offensive snaps in this game. It's still his third game this season. Three targets. With three or fewer targets, um, three or fewer catches, and under 20 receiving yards as well. I don't know if we're drinking to celebrate or drinking to cry our tears. Because, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that he finished with 10.9 fantasy points. Like, he scored a touchdown. He's a tight end scoring a touchdown, you know, and still – Finished his tight end 11 as we head into Monday Night Football. Yeah. I ranked him at 10. It's like an so kudos Earth to Smith me. Type of game. Yeah. yeah, but I, Arthur Smith, I mean, here's what drives me crazy. Like, it goes against everything I believe in, and yet they keep winning. So it's like, maybe I'm the idiot, right? You know, like on Reddit, it's like, am I the asshole, right? You know, that's like, there's a Reddit yeah. thread. Maybe I'm the asshole here. Like, I don't know. Like, Arthur Smith's like, like listen, Barry, like, I'm, I'm targeting up Kadero Hodge and, you know, Almighty Zacchaeus and, uh, you know, and, and we're crushing. So shut the hell up. You know what? Like, I'm out here doing it with Caleb Huntley, dude. Like, I don't want to hear it from you. Like I said, they're the only team that's covered every game this I mean, year. They, I think the defense is better than anyone thought. And that is giving them this avenue to ruin Kyle Pitts, <laughs> to ruin Drake London. And still win. Yeah, to ruin the hearts and souls of Americans. But they are. They're winning games. And until they stop, I think they're just going to keep doing this. So if you're a Kyle Pitts owner, you need to start cheering against the Atlanta Falcons. You need to have them down well, three scores. But I mean, they run the ball so effective. I know. That's the thing. It just it's, kills like, you. It's, it's, it, I mean, they like it's it's by a committee, and um, but they actually have, for the most part, like run fairly effectively this year, and so they're controlling the clock. Like it's all these kind of grinded out games, but like it's freaking working, and it's it's annoying as hell. And now listen. 49ers defense was banged up. We talked about this on Fantasy Football pregame. Really hurt defense that was traveling east for a 1 o'clock game. West Coast team traveling east. But, I mean, having said that, this is a team, the Falcons, and Mariota was a big part of this, but 40 rushing attempts for 168 yards in this game. Yeah. 40 rush attempts for 168 yards in this game. I, and, and so if you are the Falcons, why would you change this? I mean, you know, the problem is, is that as a result – 
they are still they just they're they're passing attempts. I mean, Marcus Mariota in a game they won, in a game they won by two touchdowns. They they threw Marcus Mariota threw the ball fourteen times. Yeah, Marcus Fields is what they call. I mean, him now. I mean, basically, right now they had a defensive touchdown in this game, so that skews it as well because there's there's a they scored on it and they didn't need an offensive possession to do so. But still, between Kyle Pitts and um, Drake London, who goes three for forty on four targets, like I don't know what I don't want to do other than like I. I don't think you can start Drake London anymore until you can see it. Like, the massive target share that was there has gone away. Yep. And on Pitts, I think you probably still have to keep rolling him out there. But we have to reframe our thinking on Kyle Pitts. He is a touchdown-dependent tight end. Now, a super talented and athletic one, and he's at the higher end of that list. But he is in the touchdown-dependent tight end. Yep. Uh, and our producer, Damian, and I were laughing yesterday because it was just like, oh, Falcons tight end scored. It was, it was Michael Pruitt. <laughs> yeah. And then Pitts gets in. But it's, just like, it's like, you've got to be effing kidding me. Really? Yep. Finally, we get a tight end from Atlanta to like, score, and it's stupid Michael Pruitt, yep. former Tennessee Titan great, of course, Mike, <laughs> Michael Pruitt. I do think with Pitts, like, we do have to regress a little bit back to the talent. He's a different tier, obviously, to the Jamar Chase, but it's the same reason you're not giving up on Jamar Chase and right, he has the course. big game. Is that, you know, preseason, we were talking about Pitts in the same breath as Mark Andrews and Travis yeah. Kelsey. That was a discussion. I just think that the Falcons, my Atlanta Falcons, I just don't think they're this good and they're going to start losing games. So I would be trying to trade, I would be sending low ball offers for Pitts and London just because I think the talent is there and they're going to have to throw the ball eventually. Maybe. I just, I, here's their upcoming schedule, though. At Cincinnati, home to Carolina, at, home to the Chargers, at Carolina. They're not going to have to throw against the two games against the Panthers, right? So maybe against the, the Bengals, although the Chargers offense seems a little bit stuck in slow motion. We'll see what they do tonight. Atlanta rushed on 67% of its plays. They're averaging a 36% pass rate over its last four games. A 36% pass rate. Like, they don't want to throw. Probably because they've seen Marcus Mariota throw, and they're like, oh, don't do that. Yeah, I mean, like, I just... I don't know, man. Like, listen, not the base, not the throws. Right, Marcus Mariota was a top-five quarterback, and I think he's a viable streamer because of the rushing. He had 50 rushing yards. He's had it for two straight yep. games. He blew past his prop. We got that one wrong on pregame here. But uh, other than that, like, I, I don't know that there's a Falcon you feel good about starting. No. There's not one Falcon that you feel good about starting going forward. Quickly before we move off this game, last thing I'll just say here is we predicted a, a coming out party for George Kittle. It was 8 for 83. He got the 10 targets. He should have actually had uh, 9 for 100 at a touchdown. He was wide open in the end zone for like what have been a 25-yard touchdown pass and just Garoppolo just missed him by a country mile. Like an awful – it drove me crazy as somebody who has a lot of Kittle. And that was my bold prediction on pregame was 100 yards and a touchdown know, for, right for Kittle and it was right there. Like – if Garoppolo is a professional NFL quarterback, like I'd make my – anyway. Yeah. One last thing on this game. Brandon Ayuk, of course, yeah. having a team-high 11 targets, career-high in fantasy points. I mean, a great day for Ayuk despite an awful day for San Francisco. Worth noting, I don't know that I'm necessarily starting him, although they play the Chiefs next week and they're going to have to throw to keep up with KC. Ayuk's – the majority of Ayuk's fantasy success in his career has come when Jimmy Garoppolo has been under center. There is a connection there between those two, so it was nice to see. And again, Kittle coming back as well. They were down in this game, so they had to throw more probably than they wanted to. But I just think – the more and more he plays, the more Garoppolo gets back into being competent. You know yep. what I mean? Like, not a fantasy starter, but to the people that, you know, the Debos and the Kittles and the Ayukes that we care about. Like, that's what we need. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk was Jimmy's favorite red zone target last season. That's going to continue, we think, this season as well. And I, I'm very worried about the Niners' defense now. Not that they're going to 
be a bottom 10 unit or anything, but they're, they're not going to be an elite best in the league unit just because they were missing their entire defensive line yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Traverius Ward, who's been one of the best corners in the league, he's injured now. And Bosa should come back next week, which helps a lot because I think alongside Micah Parsons, he's been the best defensive mm-hmm. player in the league. But yep. that defense now is really banged up. And I think that helps Brandon Ayuk because it means they're going to be throwing more. They're not going to be able to play the defense, run Jeff Wilson game constantly. So I think that Ayuk is, I think he's real. He's wide receiver 25 on the season. And I think he can, he can approach that territory. Really tough game for Jeff Wilson. But again, game script worked against him negatively. And, you know, listen, we've talked about this. The Falcons have a legitimately decent run defense. Yep. Jay, you said throwing more. How about the Colts yesterday? Matt Ryan throwing 58 times, and one of the beneficiaries of that is Deion Jackson targeted 14 times, Matthew Barry. Let's go. We talked up Deion Jackson on Fantasy World pregame. I put it out on social as well. People were like, oh, Jackson or Lindsey, and I'm like, Jackson. Jackson's the guy you want. We talked about the fact that he had run twice as many routes as Lindsey in the previous week. He had been involved in the passing game. He had more targets, more routes run than Philip Lindsey, and... Really interesting. We'll see if Jonathan Taylor can come back, but, you know, and we'll talk about Deion Jackson more tomorrow during the waiver show, but 14 times he's been targeted the last two weeks. I mean, he's averaging over 100 yards a game over the last two weeks. He had an 18% target share in this game. That's better than any game that Jonathan Taylor's had. Jonathan Taylor's season best is 14%. So to get an 18% target share, I mean, again, we don't expect Matt Ryan to have to throw it 60 times, which is almost what he did in this one. Yeah, 58, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think for a Colts offense that looked like it was, you know, dead against the Broncos, this was a good game against uh, my Swagwars. Yeah, you're, you're only your Swagwars. Uh, so only I'm my awesome. swag. Yeah, I know, yeah, you I'm bailed awesome. on that. Yeah, I bailed. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a Fairweather fan like you. Yeah, I am. I'm a Jets fan now. Yeah. Uh, and Falcons. Not Lions anymore either. Right, okay. as well. Uh, look, I think with Deion Jackson, I think now he's a guy that you stash because of Jonathan Taylor. Like, Jonathan Taylor's had this ankle, which has kept him out two weeks. This can linger. If he gets hurt again, I think you definitely want Deion Jackson over, like, Naheem Hines because of the ceiling that he showed. And to your point about the Colts' offense, I just didn't think they had that game in them. I didn't think oh. that Ryan could accumulate that many yards with that efficiency, feeding Michael Pittman. Alec Pierce gets the game-winning touchdown. All of a sudden, Jonathan Taylor comes back. They look like a viable offense again. Pier- you know, a- Alec Pierce's touchdown kind of saves his, his fantasy sure. day, but yeah. Paris Campbell played more snaps, yeah. ran more routes, got more targets, 7 for 57 and, and 11 targets, scores the touchdown as well. And so I don't know that we have any clarity on – the guy other than Michael Pittman that you want in this offense, we thought it might be Pierce. I think after this game, maybe it's Paris Campbell. I think both guys should be rostered in deeper leagues if they aren't already. Um, Paris Campbell is somebody who we loved coming out of college and just injuries have, just derailed, worked, yeah. has, uh, have derailed his career. They play the Tennessee Titans Yeah, next which week. is a favorable matchup. Yeah. I, I would be selling high on Alec Pierce. Like, I think if someone wants to trade you like George Pickens for Alec Pierce, I'd be saying yes in a heartbeat. And, and like you said, we just don't think this team is going to throw the ball 58 times no. ever again probably this season. So no, that plays especially into by the way, well. the, the next three games, Titans, uh, Commanders, Patriots, and then Las Vegas. There's not a game until maybe Las Vegas where you think they might get into shootout territory because yep. the Titans, the Commanders, and the Patriots are both, all three are sort of low ball, you know, grinded out kind of time possession type offenses. So none of those games you feel like the game script would be where you're, they're throwing it back and forth they waited in this, the way they did in uh, this game. Yeah, unless the great Bailey Zappi is still starting and, which, and he's making his run to MVP and that could be a shootout. But uh, if Mac Jones is back, it should be a grinded out. By the way, it's a question. Bailey wow. Zappi played great. Don't you yeah. think? I mean, it, yes. it is, it's a question it isn't. Like, it's going to be Mac Jones, but yeah. I'm just, 
Like it's more of a debate than Cooper Rush, Dak Prescott. A anyway. thousand percent. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, Bailey Zappi's played really well for a fourth-round rookie. I think now it means there's a shorter leash on Mac. where if yeah. Mac is bad for a month, then he's in trouble. They have a guy that they'll yeah. go to right away. Right. And, it, and clearly Zappi's, I mean, like, even when Hoyer comes back, I yep, think Zappi's exactly. the backup. Clearly. Yeah. Yep. A tough day for Baltimore, losing in the, at the, right at the end of the game against the Giants, but a resurgent Kenyon Drake. Ten, very efficient with these touches. Ten rushes, 119 yards. The touchdown, one catch for eight yards. It's the most touches he's had since week one. I mean, Kenyon Drake in the Baltimore backfield, Barry. Kenyon Drake. You know, zombie, it like, hey, give me the Undertaker gif of, like, you know, yes. coming up out of the uh, – does it every out, year. Out of the cabin. Like, I – out of the uh, – not the coffin, I mean. I'm sorry. You know, Undertaker out of the coffin. Like, that's Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake was a healthy scratch at, at a point this year. Like, he was, he was so bad, and yet – J.K. Dobbins gets banged up again, and Kenyon Drake looks nothing short of amazing. The most touches he's had since week one when he had 12 at your New York Jets. Two of the previous three games, again, a healthy scratch. So here's what I would say. I think that the Ravens will be able to effectively run the ball, whoever's back there. I don't feel super confident in saying that's the guy that's going to be back there because we'll see the extent of of Dobbins' injury, his knee tightened up in the second half. Is he was it just one of those a game thing and he's fine for next week or may it linger? Does Gus Edwards come back as well? How does that change the dynamic in the backfield? Kenyon Drake should probably be picked up, but like I don't feel great about it because it's Kenyon Drake. And like he had a good day at the office. Like he they ran against the Giants. Everyone can run against the Giants. They play Cleveland, then the Buccaneers, then the Saints, then a bye. Normally I wouldn't feel great about the I mean, I know the Patriots just ran all over the Browns, but generally speaking, I feel like the Browns are an okay, you know, kind of a middle-of-the-pack run defense. Tampa Bay, in theory, should be a tough matchup here. You know, the Saints have, I don't know. I think it is going to be tough to accurately predict who the Ravens running back you want because we've seen some Kenyon Drake, we've seen Dobbins, you know. Dobbins was supposed to have limited usage. His first game back, he gets the two touchdowns. Like, you know. I think it's just it's a disaster all across the board. Dobbins is the guy you'd still want because of the upside, well, of but course, you don't want. But you don't eight week to week, you can't count on any of them. Now, another guy who we'd said you can't count on at all is Alan Robinson, uh, who all of a sudden Welcome delivered back. out of nowhere. <laughs> a little bit of Undertaker for gift for Alan Robinson. Uh, he didn't really get the targets uh, that you'd probably like to think it's going to be sustainable going forward, but. I mean, Matthew, is Alan Robinson a guy that you're picking up now and starting in your low-end flex territory? If you've been hanging on Alan, Alan Robinson's a guy you start shopping. Like, hey, he's yeah. back. Like, I would I would take almost anything for Alan Robinson. <laughs> I don't think this is, to your point. Like, Chase Claypool? He, uh, you know, <laughs> probably, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, right, I mean, but that's the, I mean, like, he got the five receptions, right? I mean, like, it's fine. He got the touchdown. It was a game in which the, you know, the Rams had – they're not going to have a much easier time than the Carolina Panthers, like a team that fired its head coach and is traveling cross-country and clearly – you know, and, they, and they're announcing they're trading their best player. Like, that team is like, okay. They're lifeless. Huh? They're a lifeless team right lifeless. now. They yeah. kicked Robbie Anderson off the <laughs> sideline. Like, they, nothing could be going worse for them, I don't think. No, no. I mean, they just got dusted by Allen Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I think with Allen Robinson, the thing, too, is that – like, he's still not getting any separation. No. He was making ridiculous catches, and that's fine because, you know, he's got, the, he's got the leap, he's got the hands, but he's not getting any separation, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's sustainable. I want out of the Allen Robinson business. Yes. So if, he's available, if he's available in your league, I'm not making an effort to pick him up. There are better wide receivers, 
But uh, if, he, if you've hung on this tight, now's your window to sell. In an actual exciting NFL game buy, from Sunday. They're going to buy next week, by the way. Chiefs, Bills, Juju Smith-Schuster with a big-time performance, five catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown, along with a season-high and offensive snap percentage. Barry, I mean, we've, we, I know you haven't really given up on Juju at any point in this season, but do you think this is a point where he actually starts to get going on a more uh, consistent level here? I don't. He, got, okay. he, he did this on five targets. Like, he had yeah. the 142-yard reception, which was great. Five for 113 and a touchdown overall. Really nice. And if you want to point to something, it was a season high in offensive snap percentage. But, I, I, you know, and so he had the second most targets. But this was, again, sort of a – it, it went, the box score doesn't look like it, but it was, you know, obviously an intense sort of shootout type game, even though it doesn't seem like that. Here's our upcoming schedule. Niners, bye, Titans, Jags. Again, none of those games you feel like they're going to have to be throwing a ton. You know, whatever. Miko Hardman got the touchdown this week. I, again, similar to Allen Robinson, really nice game for Juju. If you've been hanging on for some long, I would try to trade off of this game. I, Juju will have two more games like this where he has big games because he's on the field with Patrick Mahomes, and when you're that, when you're on the field with Mahomes, games like this can happen. But I don't think this is the start of a trend where all of a sudden now he's going to dominate. Five targets, guys. Yep, it doesn't seem like it's sustainable. Now, uh, another guy who got more targets, nine targets, is Chase Claypool yesterday where, you know, all we've been thinking about, is it Deontay Johnson or George Pickens? Well, it turns out it's Chase Claypool. Are you picking him up? Matthew. No, I, I, I'm not. First off, it's his first game this season with over 50 yards. So he's had one good game in six. We don't know who the quarterback is. Assuming they go back to Kenny Pickett, who missed the second half of this game, Trubisky came in. Assuming they go back to Kenny Pickett next week in the Sunday night game against the Dolphins, you'd prefer Pick, Johnson and Pickens in that order. I, I mean, so, uh, no, I think, listen, very nice, 27% target share. They identified something against Tampa Bay. There was a connection there, but... It's one game. Yeah, so, so he had seven targets this week. He had nine the week before. So that is 16 targets across two games. But I think no he's still going to No fire move. That's what I way. was going to say. Yeah. Out with the concussion, yep. this opens up the middle of the field for Claypool. I think that was the difference in this game. If Fryermuth is back soon, it probably takes away that high target share for so, Claypool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 27% target share. I don't think you're seeing that again from Chase uh, Claypool. By the way, I just want to um, go back very quickly in terms of uh, we, as we pass by that, that Colts-Jaguars game. We've talked about this. Similar to what we saw with Brees Hall, where, like, hey, he's taking over this backfield. He's taking over this backfield. I think that's starting to happen with Travis Etienne. Definitely. Right? I mean, and James Robinson's still going to get his. Peterson always loves, and you look at the snaps and the touches, like, pretty much equal. Etienne played more, but, like, not significantly more. But just, and I like James Robinson, but Etienne is just so explosive. That's the and I think as Doug Peterson, Jaguars are now 2 and 4. They're better than they were, but 2 and 4 is 2 and 4. I think they've got to develop ETN even more. All right. We're going to take a break. When we are back, looking at some disappointments. The Sunday scaries coming right up. Why did you turn to Jay when you said looking at disappointments? (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) Looking at disappointments. Coming in Monday hot. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Spin move, uh, had an opportunity and just got down and uh, I knew, you know, once you get the first down, uh, that secures the win. What are you going to say to those fantasy fans that have you? Uh, yeah, I know fancy, uh, the fantasy fans are going to be a little upset about that, uh, but I got a job to do uh, and that's to do whatever I can to help my team win a football game and anytime, you know, you can make a play uh, that can secure a victory, you got to do that. Sunday scaries, weekend hangover. That's Saquon Barkley talking about the knee he took, and by the way, he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Like, we, we love the production. We would have loved the touchdown, but the most important thing is securing the win, something Nick Chubb did yes. not do early in the season against both of your Jets. Both of you guys, of course, lifelong yes. Jets fans. Yes. <laughs> and, and by the way, this all started, this all started, you know, when Brian Westbrook took a knee, the most famous knee in fantasy football history. We talked about that with him. Uh, Connor, on Sunday's fantasy football pregame show. Absolutely. Let's take a look as Westbrook joined the guys in Philadelphia. You actually started a trend while it was frustrating for fantasy managers. We've seen Todd Gurley do it. We've seen you know, we've seen uh, Maurice Jones Drew well, do it, saw and Nick, Nick Chubb should have done it. Should have yeah. done it. Nick right. Chubb yeah. should, and that cost was him the game. That hundred percent cost him the game. In that moment, you've been taught your whole career score. to score. Yeah. That's the only thing, and yeah. so it's normally you need a brain tap. Um, John Runyon did give me that brain tap before the play. And when I was running down, no one's in front of me. I'm looking back. I see 6'7", John Runyon saying, get down, get down. And yeah. that, that kind of persuades you to do the right thing. Yeah, John Runyon could tell me to do anything, and I would <laughs> do it. Factually correct. By the way, that's why I'm hosting this show. John Runyon said, listen, listen, you're leaving ESPN, you're going to NBC, and you're going to host this show. I'm like, yes, sir. Very interesting, Matthew. You're so on board with Saquon taking that knee when we're playing each other in fantasy this week, and I've got Saquon Barkley on my team. So ah, I think a little bit of uh, the a little bit of subjective bias there. Factually <laughs> correct, by the way. In Gallup not showing up last night, I think, I <laughs> I think you're going to ultimately end up winning. I don't know if you heard this, but so it's a two, it's a 14 team two quarterback league that Jay and I are playing in with all the show I'm staff. In it. Oh, you're in that yes. league. Yes. Okay, <laughs> It's 14 teams. I wasn't told to learn the, everyone's names. 14 teams. I'm so, Red Rifle's return. Is that who you are? I had to I stream Andy that. Dalton one week. Oh, yeah, down in, down in the oh. real death. Is that his, that's his name, oh, Red sorry. Rifle? Yeah. Anyway. Incredible. Did you see the uh, – did you see the – Skull transactions. This, this, the, the malfeasance, the skullduggery. The, I think the, I missed the this. No. Like, he basically picked up like every available quarterback <laughs> on the free agent wire because I have Dak. Dak's hurt in that league, and I have Goff as my second QB, and Goff is on a bye. So I mean, I have Lamar, who had another bad game. You know, didn't have a Lamar type game, and then 
And so I, I luckily somehow found Bailey Zappi. Who, like, <laughs> he didn't show up. It, no, Bailey Zappi pre- showed up. Bailey Zappi had a better game for, than Lamar yeah. Jackson. He didn't show up for me when I was trying no. to block you on every quarterback. I, I, I got P.J. Walker well, on I said, what now. level are we talking about here? I have P.J. Walker? Pacheco for P.J. Walker. Yeah, exactly. Who did nothing. I should have let you pick him up. You should have. By the way, because, because by the way, I would have. I probably would have instead of Bailey Zappi on the road at Cleveland. Ended up working out, though, because I think you are going to sneak out with a victory. Just I had everyone on a bye and, and hurt and angered. and This is exciting. I didn't know Connor was in the <laughs> oh, league. Oh, yeah. I, now there's somebody else to trade with. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. 14 team people in the league. I don't He's know. He's got a lot of jets league. on his team. Yeah. I, I, just, I basically just know you and be rubes. You know, that's, that's pretty much it. All right. Um, I'm going back to the Connor's way, cool of, team. Speaking of leagues, before we move on to actual conversation, Danielle would like her name cleared. She did, despite benching Tyree Kill, she still won. She's won. She still won. She's upset at, at Jay for throwing her under the bus. But it's brutal. That, it's her well. first. Well, it's her first time watching the show. She doesn't understand. Like that's that's in character for Jay. Yes. You Jay know, like brand. he's done the that's he's done, yeah on brand. Jay yeah, and exactly. Sauce Gardner, villains of the week. Yes, he totally exactly. is. Villains he of the is. season. Head brothers. Exactly. All right, let's Bad move guy. into some of the Sunday scaries and who better to start with than Tom Brady, who. Had a lot of fun at a wedding earlier in the weekend, but it did not carry over into it Sunday. Like, did you know? I mean, like, so Brady went to the wedding on Friday night. Like, he was in the pa- the Robert Kraft wedding that was in page six and 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 everywhere. Belichick did not. Yes. Belichick politely uh, declined. It's football season. Patriots I got a game won. Sunday. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting, you know. Um, Brady, after the loss to Pittsburgh, said, "Quote: I think we're all playing less than what we're capable of, and we've all got to look at ourselves in the mirror and figure out why." I mean, you know, I, I don't know if that's a reason why, but it's certainly. You know, it doesn't look great, obviously, um, after a tough loss on the road uh, at Pittsburgh. Yeah, the Bucks' offensive line is having all kinds of problems. And we know, as history has told us, as soon as that happens for Tom Brady, obviously he's going to be in trouble here. So it's not ju- obviously not just Brady. It's a lot bigger than Brady. But they have a lot to figure out right now. And it's interesting to hear Todd Bowles after the game saying a lot of guys are still living off of that Super Bowl. Yeah, well, I think... One of the most interesting kind of conversations around betting is how do you price in like emotional factors? Like everything's happening with Tom Brady, the wedding, like just all the stuff around Tampa Bay has just been bad this year. And for the most part, I say uh, you don't price it in because I don't think Kobe and Shaq really liked each other that much. They said one three titles together. I think the bigger problem for Tampa Bay is their offensive line, but it's something you kind of just think about. There's a lot of bad mojo around the Bucks right now. But this is a team. Listen, think the Steelers aren't a team that once T.J. Watt went down could not get pressure. Yeah. Like, they, they really struggled, and yet they had a 25% pressure rate against the Bucks in week six. Brady took two sacks, but to your point, he was constantly under pressure. We've always said this. Like, if there's one flaw in Tom Brady's game, it's that when he's under pressure, like, especially right up the middle, that's the one way to sort of slow him down, and it certainly happened. I'm still starting, and he's still going to – he's going to make the love list next week at Carolina. You know, I don't think he has uh, two bad games in a row – uh, but, yes, tough day at the office for Brady. Godwin Evans, big game for Leonard Fournette here. Barry, you brought up Belichick uh, skipping the Kraft wedding, and that made a hell of a day for Nick Chubb, the first game of the year with under 50 fantasy points this season. Yeah, I mean, like, just Flip bad day the at the radar. office, not yeah. worried about it as well. He still had the highest running back rush share of the season. He had 75%. I mean, Kareem Hunt was a total Nothing. no-show in this game, and I think it was just this game got out of hand quickly, uh, you could only you can't stop Bailey Zappi. You can only hope to control him. You can only hope to contain him, right? Shout out to our peacock mate uh, Dan Patrick. That's his phrase. I, I think this is just a bad day at the office. Yeah. Honestly, tough defense. Patriots came in. He played well. I'm not worried about it. I agree. I do think that with Chubb, who is still obviously an elite running back, he's starting Nick Chubb every week. I don't think he's quite as say 
his production isn't as resilient as, say, Jonathan Taylor last year or Derrick Henry in the first half of last year just because game script with Jacoby Brissett and also with Kareem Hunt, who just gobbles up, usually gobbles up his carries. Uh, so there will be games like this going forward. He doesn't have really any passing game usage, and so he's masked that by insane volume and a lot of touchdown equity, which I believe will continue just a bad day at the office. But, yes, to your point, he is not – the floor isn't as high with Chubb as it may be with some other elite running backs. But make no mistake, he is still an elite running back, both in real life and fantasy. Yep. Jay, you're Falcons shutting down <laughs> Jeff Wilson. And this was the most interesting thing about Jeff Wilson is just the decrease in workload from him in this game. We know they have some running backs that are trying to come off the IR and get healthy. What is our outlook on Jeff Wilson these next couple of weeks? Yeah, I just think he's a game script. He's more game script dependent than your elite running backs. I still think that, you know, usually in a game against, say, the Atlanta Falcons, typically you would expect that he's going to have a big game because he's going to be running the ball. But, I mean, they played the Chiefs this week. That doesn't look like it's going to be a great game script game. So I still think you're starting Jeff Wilson against the Chiefs. You're feeling very good if he's in your flex and you could take him as an RB, low-end RB2 probably. But, yeah, I just think that we've seen that, you know, he, he is dependent on game script. He's not just going to wreak havoc every week. I, I think if there's a positive takeaway, and there's not much. He also lost a fumble in this yeah. game, so just, you know, the, the n- numbers just aren't there. So, as we enter Monday, Monday night, he's running back 59. There you go. <laughs> right? Yeah. But I think there's a positive here. It's not like Tevin Coleman. You know, Tevin Coleman, who was great two weeks ago, suddenly did something, four carries for three yards against the Falcons, right? You know, Debo Samuel got only two carries in the backfield. Tyrion David, Davis-Price was active for this game. He didn't do anything either. So it's not like, you know, we've seen this before with Kyle Shanahan, like, oh, the starter doesn't have a great game, but somebody else stepped up. No one could run against the Falcons. My expectation is that Jeff Wilson will still a starter and get the majority of work against KC in Week 7. A hot start to the season for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who had 15-plus fantasy points in three of those first four weeks, but not much cooking lately, Barry. You were kind of on the sell high while you can with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Expect weeks like this going forward. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, the usage hasn't been there for CEH. It, it was all, you know, almost 50% of his fantasy points were touchdown related. And so when it's all touchdowns, like it's one thing if you're James Conner or Derrick Henry and you're getting all this goal line work, but it was sort of fluky here. If there's something to hang your hat on, it's the fact that he got the majority of carries for the, for the Chiefs, but nine. Once again, by the way, hitting the under of nine and a half. Like, there's one week this entire season in which he went over nine and a half rushing yards. We're six weeks into the season. And, of course, it was the, it was the week against Tampa Bay on the road to Tampa Bay when I was on national TV saying, take the under. Like, hate CEH. He's currently running back 46 over the last two weeks. There was one goal line snap in this game. It went to Jarek McKinnon as well. Yes, it does. Last two weeks, fewer than seven fantasy points in each one. I said this on Fantasy Football pregame about CEH against the Bills, which was a tough matchup, and I continue to say that. There will be games in which a Chiefs running back has a big game, and some weeks it'll be CEH, some weeks it'll be McKinnon, but it feels a little bit like a hot hand here. And, yes, your window to get out of CEH at a top 15 price I think is closed. He's now like a – a hope for a touchdown flex. Yep. I th- it's crazy that on a Patrick Mahomes team, I think Mahomes and Kelsey are the only guys you're really happy with starting. And then Juju and CH you can take as a flex, but you're not super excited about it. Now, Elijah Moore, Connor, your thoughts. What's happening with Elijah Moore? What's happening with all the pass catches in New York? We're entering drop territory for Elijah Moore. No targets in this game. Not No receiving, no touchdowns, no catches, no targets in this game. It's pretty simple with Elijah Moore. He's out there. He has route... Uh, actually decreased in this game. Snaps decreased. Played 30, about 55 offensive snaps. But when he's out there, he doesn't play in the slot, which is his strength. He plays out wide, and he's clearing out space. 
They try to get Garrett Wilson over the middle of the field, and they try to throw the running backs. There's just nothing cooking for Elijah Moore right now, and I haven't seen anything, any reason why that's going to change. Because they're winning. Yeah. I mean, like, exactly. You know, like, I mean, it's exactly right. Like, in all seriousness, it really should be. He should go on Keyshawn's radio show and just be like, yeah, get, throw me the damn uh, ball. You know, um, you know, throw me the damn ball. I'm not dropping him in Dynasty, but yes, yeah. in redraft, when we get the, uh, when we do the Welcome to Nunsville Population U. Tomorrow on Waiver Wire, Elijah Moore will be on it, as will DJ Moore, who had a who struggled once again. Like it's just a disaster in Carolina. All right, we're going to break. When we are back, it is time for last call. Monday Night Football props coming your way. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code BARRY and your first wager is risk-free. Up to $1,000. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code BARRY to make your first wager risk-free. Up to $1,000. Matthew Barry will come to your house with a briefcase filled with $1,000. I absolutely will. Listen, if you want something to root before, I need Albert O to have the game of his life tonight for me to <laughs> beat uh, I need like 20 points from him to come back and beat, uh, beat Jay. Um, in terms of uh, these are the most bet props, as you can see some of our friends over at MGM, at BetMGM. Promo code Barry, of course. Um, uh, boy, the KJ Hamler over receiving yards. You know Russell Wilson has to look at him to, for him yeah. to get that. Boy, I don't, I don't love that. Here's my, here's mine, guys. I'm taking Melvin Gordon under 73 and a half scrimmage yards. Mike Boone played 41% of the snaps last week. I think Latavius Murray will be active in this game and get some work. Right? Broncos a four and a half point underdog. Boone obviously handles the majority of the third down work. At least he did. So, yeah, I'm taking the under here on Melvin Gordon. A lot of his usage last week was because they went to overtime. Yep. I don't expect that against the Chargers. I'm going to go with the over uh, on Cortland Sutton receptions, which is only at four and a half, something he's easily cleared all season. There's a trust factor there with Russell yep. Wilson and Cortland Sutton. As bad as this passing offense has been, Cortland Sutton is going to be pretty good, pretty good shape target-wise. That's a low number as well. It is a low number. Yeah, I'm taking Mike Williams under 68 and a half receiving yards. Now, he's gone well, well over that the past two weeks, but I think that after my man Sauce Gardner, Pat Sertan has an argument to be the second-best cornerback in the NFL, uh, how he shut down Michael Pittman last week. I think he does the same thing to Mike Williams. I agree. I think it's a Gerald Everett, Josh Palmer, Austin Eckler game yep. for the Chargers. It's not great for the Chargers, but uh, I, I do think that – who do you like? Plus four and a half. Broncos, uh, Chargers. Chargers. Chargers? Chargers, let's ride. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's, let's ride. Bolt. Let's bolt. Chargers Let, country. Let's bolt. Yeah, Chargers country. <laughs> let's bolt. Let's bolt. That's bad. I just, I, you know, I, yeah, I mean, like. Russ. What? It's Russ. Russ. Yeah, it's Russ. Russ. Chargers need it. Chargers will go for fourth on fourth down and we'll get it. Yeah. You know? Multiple times. Multiple times. Listen, you don't have to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. For Jake Croucher and Connor Rogers, I'm Matthew Barry. Thank you so much for watching Fantasy Football Happy Hour. We're back tomorrow. Good luck on Monday night. Hope your miracle comes through. Peace out. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.